Good morning, everybody. It's Herb Morgan. It's Tuesday, January 18th, 2022. I am Senior Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer here at Efficient Market Advisors. We are a business of Cantor Fitzgerald Investment Advisors. This presentation comes out weekly. You can, you can hear more frequent musings from myself at either Twitter or LinkedIn uh, under those handles. Uh, let's get right into it. Oh, don't forget, this is available as a podcast in all the different podcast formats. You can simply speak to your Apple or Amazon or Google um, device and tell them to play the podcast, Slaying Bulls and Bears, making the complex and complicated simple and sensical. Presentation you're hearing, seeing, is designed to be used by both investors and their financial advisors, all of whom are expected to make their own investment decisions. Nothing contained in the presentation should be treated as investment advice. There are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of any securities. Everything is for informational purposes only. Its adequacy, accuracy, or completeness cannot be guaranteed. Okay, equities slightly down last week. The bigger folks, the big S&P 500 names, that's a highly tech-sensitive uh, index have been a little bit of a rotation, very little, but a little bit of a rotation out of the bigger cap names, the tech names. Uh, a lot of that's attributed to the slight rise in interest rates we've experienced. Small cap stocks were up, de uh, developed international up, big gains, 2.6% on emerging markets last week. But as interest rates rise, bonds go down. The longer the maturity of the bond, the more it will go down, all things being equal. If you have a floating rate, bond because it's floating, you can expect the coupons to go higher, therefore also preserving the principal or the price value of the underlying bonds. So we see law, we've seen long-term treasuries down almost four and a half percent for the year. The aggregate bond index, which holds a lot of longer-term bonds and mortgage backs and treasuries, down about two percent on the year. Don't forget the Federal Reserve, our Federal Reserve Bank, is still buying both treasuries and mortgage-backed securities, so we expect them to wind up that process here in the coming months. Let's get into the economic data. Uh, it's largely good, uh, even though the markets were down a little bit, as I mentioned, the S&P 500. Wholesale inventory is up 1.4% after a huge 2.5% gain in October. Sales gained as well. Normally, there's a fair amount of volatility to the series here. You can see that there's quite a few down months, and then this was obviously the original COVID economic shutdown, but we haven't had a down month since. That's because demand in the economy is just incredibly strong, and even though inventories are being built, sales are increasing, so that inventory to sales ratio is staying pretty constant. Small businesses uh, were supposed to came in and said, okay, we're a little more optimistic than we were, 98.9 than 98.4. Uh, but because of persistent higher inflation, higher input costs, Omicron issues, and finding qualified labor, the biggest problem at all of all, uh, what you can see here is uh, still well below recent year's highs just a couple of years ago. Uh, moving forward, though, the one thing that everybody was talking about, and I had three calls, three last week, so I figured it's worth talking about, is inflation. This graph shows the CPI, the core CPI, it's backing out food and energy, is up 5.5%, 5.5%, that's the red line here, on a year-over-year -year basis. 
The big gains uh, primarily were shelter and used cars. Uh, remember the used cars are up because they can't make as many new cars as we have demand. And so we're seeing this. And the question is, is this forward looking? Is it backward looking? Is it here to stay? Um, nobody knows for sure. On the PPI side, also for the month of December, we have 8.3% higher on a year-over-year basis for the core PPI. So those of us that are old enough to remember uh, persistent high inflation from the 1970s are rightfully questioning whether or not this is likely to continue. In my view, we've likely peaked. We likely peaked somewhere between November and now on inflation. And so I don't think we're going to have as much inflationary headwind um, in the immediate future, uh, but it is going to take some time for it to, uh, to, to wane, to wane off a little bit. Taking it back and looking, this is a, a graph that the US Federal Reserve puts out. They, they have a thing called the Inflation Expectations Indicator, and it's derived from 21 different indicators. It includes household surveys, calling people like you and I on the phone, business surveys, professional forecasters, financial market participants, people on Wall Street, money managers, uh, and includes both long and short-term uh, investment horizons. Right now, you can see that numbers come up, but it's still not excessive. So even though we've had very high inflation in the short term, we haven't yet unanchored uh, expectations, and that is one of the biggest determinants of inflation is what are people's expectations. Now, you may be saying, well, I don't expect 2.06%. I expect 3.5%. This is a pretty good statistical survey. So it is just one indicator to suggest that maybe uh, we have peaked. The Fed has said all along their target is two. You can see there's the 2% line. Whoop, there it is, right? There's the 2% line. And we have been below that persistently for about six years. And so now we've been above that here for a little over one year. And then, of course, prior to that, we were above it for a period of time, quite a period of time. The other thing that I've noticed is this is a little busy, but these are break-evens. You take the yield on a maturity of security, let's take the gold here, it's the one-year U.S. Treasury, and you subtract the yield on the one-year TIP, Treasury Inflation Protected Security. In the end, the two securities should pay the same amount. It's a lower yield on the TIP because it that will then have the extra payout of the CPI adjustment. So these break-evens trade, we can view them in our Bloomberg terminals, and as you can see, we're expecting inflation for the next year to be 3.5%. Now, that's above the Fed's expectation or the Fed's target rate, but it's below the 4% expectation from back in November. And if you take it out further, you can see the 2 and the 5 in here are here, but the 10-year break-even, which you can see was around 2, 275, and that's now down back below 2%. So it may be likely that inflation expectations peaked in November, and inflation itself on a year-over-year -year basis may have already peaked, may have peaked in December or January, may begin to start rolling, rolling over. We'll have to wait and see. And I think it's important to keep having this inflation discussion because it really is going to be a key determinant of, of uh, I think, equity market returns this year. On the one hand, equities are a great hedge against inflation because businesses can raise prices, et cetera. 
whereas bonds are very poor performers during inflationary periods. We get all that. But what I just took here from a Bloomberg Intelligence report, actually just published this morning, is that uh, if you take a look at this, I'm going to explain it to you. Earnings per share growth of the blue bars, sales growth of the orange bars. So earnings per share growth exceeding the sales growth, uh, that's operational leverage. You got profit margins increasing. Everything's great. We've been at pretty high margin levels. Well, if you have a big economic shutdown like we had in 2020, you can see what happens. Sales growth only has to drop in the single digits to have massive, even double-digit drop in profitability. So if inflation has peaked, and if it peaked in 21, it starts to tail down in 22, and if companies can maintain the pricing that they've had, um, and they don't continue to get wage pressure, you could actually see a positive surprise in earnings growth and main, main, at least maintaining of these pretty high historic profit margins. Um, and things may end up better than expected. If I'm wrong, and if a lot of Wall Street is wrong, and inflation really continues unabated, and the Fed doesn't either act or its tools become blunt instruments, then I think you see a deterioration in profit margins, which is a deterioration in earnings per share growth, which would no doubt lead to deterioration in stock prices. That's not my base case. I think. Uh, that the Fed has quite a number of tools, and I believe they're about to embark upon using those tools uh, here in 2022 to take care of the inflation problem. And I really do think that the technology uh, around monetary policy is so good, particularly in the U.S., that I, I think people will be even uh, are going to be pleasantly surprised at their ability to, to tackle this uh, this year. Uh, although I have been vocally stating. Uh, that they have overshot and that they should have started sooner. And I maintain that because I don't like to see those 8% year-over-year inflation prints either. Okay, moving on to um, uh, weekly claims for unemployment. Uh, came in from at 230,000, anything in the low 200s is great. Uh, continuing claims, uh, 1.559, 1.6 million, great number there. Uh, we are at full employment. We had the, the, the jobs report the week before, 3.9% unemployment. The Fed can no longer even think about making the case that, uh, you know, that we have conflicting objectives here and prioritizing one over the other. They've met the full employment mandate. They now need to handle the inflation issue. We also got December's retail sales. Uh, they were expected to go down a tenth of a percent. They got hit pretty hard, 1.9%. was very broad-based decline. 10 of the 13 categories, uh, were, were weakened. Uh, and this was really a double whammy. It was the Omicron issue. People said, you know what, we'll stay home. We'll, we'll give it 30 days, 60 days. We'll go buy whatever it is we need to buy or spend on. We'll do it later or switch to online, um, for example. Um, also, supply chain disruptions are continuing. And they don't get much better when you have uh, some countries are a little more strict than us, particularly China. Uh, they have a zero tolerance policy on. Uh, COVID cases, you get one, you shut down an entire factory. It's very, very challenging. So um, we, this is transitory. I know that word's not supposed to be used anymore, but um, retail sales, I'm not concerned um, with that 1.9% drop in the least. Uh, industrial production was expected to go up two tenths. It was down 0.1, really the same issue, little Omicron uh, impact there, not major. Uh, capacitization down uh, just a tad. 
Again, none of this was lack of demand. It was staffing shortages, supply chain shortages, uh, and the Omicron uh, variant of the uh, COVID-19. Here we are in 2022, still talking about COVID-19. Uh, I showed you wholesale inventories earlier. Business inventory is up 1.3%. Uh, this is confidence. This is not a lack of sales out the other end. This is confidence of the uh, CEOs, purchasing managers, et cetera. Uh, we did get sentiment for University of Michigan. This is kind of the thing that bothers me the most right now, and it's being driven lower. You know, you know why it's being driven lower by inflation expectations. It's being driven lower, uh, you know, rancor around COVID-19 pandemic. I think there's some, uh, you know, we're getting some fatigue around that and, the, you know, the different statements on different things. I, I, it's very understandable. This week, uh, we really kick off earnings season. I mentioned to you last week that uh, a couple of big financials, JP Morgan, et cetera. Uh, this morning, we've already had Goldman Sachs. It wasn't great. So those big financials that always kick off the earnings seasons, um, they, they all kind of disappointed. I don't know that that means that's how the rest of the season is going to go. It's too early to say, but they did disappoint a little bit. Uh, today is Tuesday, uh, New York State manufacturing, uh, housing market. Tomorrow, housing starts with permits. Thursday, claims. Philly Fed, existing homes, and really nothing on Friday. So it's a slower week for economic data, uh, but we are getting heavily in earnings season with a number of companies reporting this week. Hopefully that'll give us uh, they'll give a little bit better feel than we got from those first few big um, financials. Don't forget to subscribe to me either on a podcast. And if you leave the feedback and the thumbs up, it really helps uh, get more people interested. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I look forward to talking to you again next week.